Welcome to the Surrender to Adventure podcast, where we share the inspiring stories of women who have answered their call to adventure and transformed their lives. I'm your host, Elisa Bosmarova, and I'm thrilled to take you on this journey of self-discovery, courage, and growth. Each episode, I'll be interviewing badass women who have gone through their own spiritual journeys and have come out the other side with wisdom to share. We'll explore topics like personal development, spirituality, wellness, creativity, grief, and love. Whether you're going through a tough time or you just want to ignite your inner magic, Surrender to Adventure is the perfect place for you. I'm an award-winning writer, energy healer, intuitive mentor, and founder of Big Sister, a company helping high-achieving empaths who want to transform their lives without burnout. So grab your earbuds, get comfy, and get ready to be inspired. It's time to surrender to your own adventure and unlock your full potential. It's party time. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to the Surrender to Adventure podcast with me, your host, Elisa, founder of Big Sister, and my amazing guest for today, Heidi Bianchi. Heidi is a seasoned event management professional. With decades of experience in event planning and production, she's the CEO and founder of the Bridge Event Academy, where she aims to educate the next generation of event planners with her unique lens on event planning. Her extensive background includes managing events for a wide range of locations and scopes. Heidi basically just parties with rappers all day. It's amazing. (laughs) Uh, She (laughs) colleagues and she navigates uh, corporate structures. So Heidi, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I'm honored to be invited. Thank you. Well, I would love to just open up the floor with you and learn more about what life was like before all of the things I just said. I'm a newly minted like boss, CEO, entrepreneur, all those things. Last year, pretty much around this time, I was in a corporate job and grinding away with all day meetings around strategy and events 3.0 and events in the metaverse and just making things up. And I had known in my soul, this is not where I die. And I had in the works my own business, the Bridge Event Academy, and I knew the light at the end of the tunnel was coming for me. And it's been just sunshine and roses ever since. The moment I decided to start my own business, the after started. The before was over and the new me was fully realized. So it's been great. It's, and it's been easy. I don't want to like jinx myself, but like there's a moment where everything just starts to fall into place. You make a decision and it's like, okay, one, two, three, this isn't that hard. What took you so long, sister? I need to point out to our listeners too, that Heidi's not joking like about the sunshine and roses, like you mean that, like it really is a difference from when, where you were before with working in an environment where you didn't seem to love it. No, no. And I had loved it. I want to make sure that's clear. There was a time where I really loved it. And then there was a time that it was over. And what you were saying about the sunshine and roses, it's really funny because people ask me how I'm doing And there is like this level of guilt a little bit where I'm like, I am so great. And I know maybe the other person isn't able to receive that at the moment, but like, I don't want to dim my sunshine. Like, 
how is it going? How is it, how is it being your own boss or how's business? And it's like, it is great. I am happy. And I don't want to stop that message, even though there is a little like, gosh, this is so nice to write over and over again to people. Like, and there is this level of like, I know it's not that great for you, or I'm here to support you on giving you hope. Like it gets better because it can and does get better when you're ready for it. So I was definitely ready for it. And I'm like owning the goodness now. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to say business is great. And people are like shocked. (laughs) Really? It's really that good. Was there a time in your life when you thought it wasn't allowed to be like this? Oh, yeah. All the time. And I think that that there's power in like using your voice to say good things. There was just so much time where in my like career journey where that stopped happening and everything was just fine or okay or no reply or no voice. And it's taken a long time to get to this point to be like, no, it's good. I'm happy. Like I want to own that happiness and stay in this spot. That's my focus. Like how do I just maintain this? (laughs) And don't even think about the before. Like there's only after ahead. I love that. There's only after. What do you think came first for you? Was it this sort of shift in thinking of like, I deserve to be happy in all the areas of my life? Or was it making the decision and then becoming the CEO of this, by the way, very successful company? I think there was just a lot of little moments over time that I've learned from that brought me to the point, like, I don't need to be treated like this anymore. Like, I don't need this mindset anymore. And that's a lot of self-reflection, a lot of learning along the way, a lot of being aware of how you've been treated and like moving away from that. There's just been so many times the before a little bit where you look back and you're like, gosh, how did I get to that point? How did I stop talking? How did I stop using my voice? How did I stop, you know, engaging? It's like death by a thousand paper cuts. That's how I was thinking about it. It's like, gosh, there's so many examples that of, of not being heard that you just stop talking. And what happened for me is I was able to have someone say to me, why don't you ever talk in any of these meetings? And I was like, well, she's like, you come to me after we're having this big, long meeting and you have like 10 ideas of how it could have gone better, different ideas. And, and she's like, why are you telling me now and not in the meeting? And I was like, I don't know. I just stopped talking in meetings. Like I didn't even realize that it had happened because the progression was so slow that it just ended with like never speaking. So I'd be on these calls for two, three hours, strategy, planning, and not talk for three hours. I would message people my thoughts or ideas and maybe let them own it. But because I had gotten to the point where I had just stopped talking, like it didn't matter. I was just like wallpaper. She really pushed me to be like, Heidi, these are good. And I'm like, well, no one has said this to me in so long 
And I didn't even realize this happened. I needed someone to tell me that. Like we all need someone along the way to like point out these moments. And I was lucky to have this person. And in calls, she would then say, before we move on, Heidi, do you have anything to say? And I would be like, oh God. And I'd like get nervous. And I'm like, Ugh. and I did. I had a lot to say. Like, this is a dumb idea. God, no, no one is ever going to do this. And that's the thing. Like, I'm so direct that how do you nicely say that that this is dumb, like <laughs> in a corporate setting? So I navigated that and tried to come up with the right words to say this is dumb. But I had these people and help to get me to that point. And now it's something I can be aware of when I'm on meetings or calls where people aren't talking. It's like, how did you lose your voice? And bringing that out in them. And the other thing I want to say about that is it's practice. Like you have to practice this awareness. You have to practice talking your ideas out. And the only way to do it is to do it. I'm going to generalize something here. As women... We are not used to owning our voice. I could talk about you. I could talk about my kids. I could talk about a lot of other things. But if you're like, Heidi, can you tell me about you? I'd be like, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that the more we can practice talking about ourselves and how great we are, the more you're aware of your greatness. That's Beautiful. Oh my gosh. There's so much in what you just said. I can't even. I know. It's a lot. I don't stop. Sorry. No, it's perfect. John, no, don't even, you know, I'm going to say don't apologize. Of course. I actually had a friend recently tell me not to apologize. And I was like, what? And that's another thing too. We love to say, like I would end whatever comment I was saying in a meeting and then be like, sorry, everyone. (laughs) Because mm. <laughs> I'm like, I, I know this might not be a good idea. So sorry. <laughs> and just be like, oh God, let's see what happens. Like yeah. if you end it with a apology, like maybe they won't react the way you think they're going to react. Yeah. I mean, it's scary to put yourself out there. When you were talking, I was thinking about this moment when I was at Cal, I was in this film class and my partner at the time joined because we would just like watch movies in class. And he was a, you know, six foot tall white man. When we had the class discussion after the movie, he participated more than anyone. Mm-hmm. And I had, I actually had a little chat with him after. And I was like, I'm the one getting the participation grade. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But of course, I was too scared to share my ideas yep. and my thoughts. And I think that's yeah. so many people and especially women can relate to where you're silently feeling like, there's a lot I can give here, just feels like maybe it won't be received. Yeah. And I had a situation where we were working on this big project that was going to be rolled out company-wide. It had a lot of stakeholders with opinions, but I was the ultimate person representing the users of this system. And we'd get in these meetings. When I say meetings, we would meet every single day about this new system. And every day I'd be like, So whatever you guys are working on, uh, however you're changing this platform for us, it's not going to work. And they'd be like, okay, thanks, Heidi. But we're going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, okay, thank you. But it's not going to work. Every meeting would start the same. Okay, how's the updates going? I'm like, that that looks really good. Whatever you're working on, that's not going to work for what we need. And this was like months of me doing this song and dance. I'd talk to my manager. I'd talk to my manager's manager. And I'm like, 
this is so great. Everyone is working so hard on something that we are not going to use because you've messed up whatever it was we were going to have to fit some kind of bigger picture that no one asked for. And I just remember being in a meeting like, okay, we're going to launch this. I'm like, okay, but no one's going to use it. And they were like, what? Everyone was shocked by this. And I'm like, I don't know if you all remember, but every single day, every single meeting, I have said this. So it was like, okay, well, we need a, we need a sidebar or a side meeting or whatever they would say, corporate talk. And the manager came out and talked to me and he's like, so why, why are we feeling like this? And I'm like, well, I don't know if you remember, but I've said this a few times. And it was still like, why wasn't my message being delivered? And I still like wonder about this because it's like, how could I have been more clear? What more examples could I do? But sometimes I think people just, they don't want to hear it. They just don't want to hear it. And they stopped the launch and redid it the way it should have been done like four months ago when we started the project. And now it's it was a great tool and system. And I think that was one of the moments where I'm like, why am I bothering? No one cares. No one's listening. Just going to stop. And I think even in your class example, you're just like, you have to be aware enough to be like, no, I have an opinion on this and kind of fight the noise to like, let your voice be heard. Funny how like little moments add up to this big moment where something stops in us. And then like, how do you get it going again? That's the trick. Do you think corporate culture silences perhaps women more than others? Or I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I think women in general are just easier to silence. (laughs) Corporate culture like talks a lot about empowering us and having our voice be heard. But the reality of it is is a very different game. I remember being in the office and the, the groups next to me were a lot of men and they'd have like a baseball bat or a golf club and they'd be on these calls and they'd be swinging the bat or swinging the golf club. And the, you know, the women next to you are looking and it's like, you know what? I think I'm going to speak up. This guy is swinging a baseball bat three feet from me. Like there is like unconscious things that happen where you're just like, what is going on here? How is this bat swinging next to another person? Okay. And thinking like, gosh, you know what? I'm going to speak up in this call that he's on swinging his baseball bat next to me, but we're told to speak up. But the reality around you is like, please don't. You're here. We're happy you're here. Do the work, but maybe just do what we say the work is. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of like little, little things that kind of trigger me. You're someone who has really, you know, claimed her voice. And so I think a lot of people listening to this are one going to relate to even this idea of like, my boss or a colleague is treating me a way I don't want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And then we'll also relate to, I mean, the reality of things of, and the unconscious programming patterns, things we are constantly being molded into. And there is also a very real fear of retaliation. I mean, it just is what it is. Yeah. I do think like as much as we're like, Oh, women in the workplace, women in general, like you walk into a meeting with all six foot tall men. It's a different situation. I'm going to bring my sister into this. My sister and I are not tall people, 
We are of the five foot height. You know, you got your six foot man and there's just a level of them like leaning down to talk to you. And you're just like, there is this whole power dynamic again on this unconscious level where they're like, I can't hear you because we're down here. And it's like, I'm never going to be up up there to talk to you. And I mean, it's kind, they're bending down to talk to us, but like, it's just not a level playing field. And I don't know if it ever will be walking into a room with, with all that. And you're the only woman we've had situations where it's like, oh, you can sit in the back kind of thing. And it's like, no, no, I deserve a seat at this table. Move the goddamn chairs over. Like, <laughs> and, and I think the other piece of it is like, Maybe we all get to the meeting early so we do have a seat at the table. We're not rushing in late so that we're not sitting in the back. Like, I I think there's an unconscious thing that I probably have always done about being early because it's like, I don't want to be in the back. Even if I wasn't speaking, I wanted to be at the table, literally, physically with my seat. So my feet don't touch the ground. So you have to like raise the seat to the right height so that you're not sitting at the kid's table with your freaking chin on it. And then, you know, my feet are dangling the whole time. It's really uncomfortable, like on so so many weird levels. Why are you moving around so much? It's like, I literally cannot fit in this chair, at this table, at this seat. And now I have to have a presence. And it's just, there's just so many factors contributing to like not having a voice. People listening may not know this, but Heidi and I are both shorties. So (laughs) I am like barely 5'1". It's just a wonderful element to bring in to your story and to the things Mm -hmm. maybe people don't realize. And I think a lot of people, a lot of, let's say, people who struggle with imposter syndrome don't realize that like me looking at you, Heidi, Mm -hmm. I would never, ever know that when you sat at a corporate conference table, you felt uncomfortable. Yeah, I never know that because I see you as a leader and as all these things. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes we think like our insides are what people see and they just don't. That's the funny thing about the imposter syndrome thing. Well, first of all, I think women have it way more than men. I just don't even think it's in men's like conscious that they're imposters. They just are who they are. And I think if we could all just have a little bit more of that, like, None of us know what the hell we're doing. It's okay. And we're doing our best every day. And whatever that looks like today is okay. But own your voice, own your power. And the only way to do that, in my opinion, is to practice. And it takes a lot of practice. Over COVID, we were all in our little houses. And my whole thing always with the team, I always managed a team. I would always say like one of their goals was like, go out and meet someone outside of the team in the industry. So you have a connection. So you know, like what the hell other people are doing in your industry. Just go to one event, meet one person, talk to them, even if it's five minutes to be like, what are you doing? Who are you? We didn't have that opportunity during COVID. Like how the hell did you meet anyone? So at the time, Clubhouse was just becoming a thing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to create a clubhouse and it's for people I know they can invite whoever they want. And the sole purpose was it in my mind for me to practice talking about myself, letting others talk about themselves and kind of creating this community or safe space where we could practice. So then when there's a situation, you're like, oh, what do you do? 
I know what I do. I can tell you because I've been practicing it even unconsciously. Like, Ellie, how was your day? Like, what what's going on with your week? There's just little things that you just have to put yourself out there. I just did your uh, burnout to balance. And it's like, embrace the uncomfortable. If it's uncomfortable, lean into it. Like, why is it uncomfortable to you? I think there was this, uh, this other big piece of in the last year is like, why not me? Why can't I be the one doing this? Why can't I be the one with the voice? Why can't I try this? Other people do it. It doesn't seem that big of a deal. Like, I, I think I can figure this out. Why not me? That's my latest little thing about myself. Like, why can't I be the voice? Why can't I be the one doing this? Somebody's got to do it. Why not you? And let's help each other along the way. This has been a journey to get here. So many learnings, so many areas of like, God, I would have done that different, but I didn't know. Yeah. I always did that with my events. Like I'd, I'd end an event and I'd be like, so what would I do different? Well, I'd move the reg or I'd, you know, have the band go on earlier or whatever the hell it was. I never did that about myself. I did that about the bigger event that I was doing. It's been nice to have time to think about like, what would I do different for myself and like take those learnings and move them forward. Yeah. And you said something really important, which was that the clubhouse you created was a safe space to practice. Yes. I think so often we want to confront that one person first and like do the practice on like maybe the hard case, the people oh, yeah. listening. And it is about being gentle and gaining confidence with people who are going to respect your boundaries or are going to listen to you. Yeah. I once had a meeting with some vendors when I worked in corporate mm-hmm. world and I had a question for one of the vendors and was sort of like, I didn't like their answer and I thought it should be a little different. And my boss, who was a woman, literally said down girl, but here's the thing. I never addressed it with her. It no, just of course blew not. my mind. I never yeah. about it. And then you have to let it go, but you're like, I can't let that go. It's still kind of bugs. Like all these years <laughs> later, you're like, what the hell? Now it's more like, okay, I see how I could have, you know, shown up differently. And that's the cool thing about tracking your progress in even yes. a casual way is knowing like, okay, if someone said that to me now, I would immediately have a conversation. Oh. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like, Hey, we're not going to do that again. You know? No, it's funny. Even right now with everything happening with AI daily, every second, there's something new going on with AI. I was playing around with it and I was like, you know what? Here's another chance. I sent out a note to a bunch of people and I'm like, Hey, who wants to talk about AI and events? How are you using it? By no means am I the expert in events and AI at all, but I'm like, Let's again, let's create a safe space where we could try stuff. Like, here's what I see. Are you using it? Why not? How are you using it? You put stuff out there and things come back your way. Like everyone's just like, when are we doing this again? I'm like, does anyone want to do this again? It's like, yes, yes. And I don't really even have an agenda for it. It's like, so what's new? Like, talk to me about what you're doing. And I'm really excited to just keep iterating on that same theme around like building a safe space to practice something. Things are evolving and changing all the time. It's like, how do we plug into these things? And again, it goes back to why not me? Like, what am I waiting for? Who am I waiting for to be like, hey, Heidi, here's how you use AI on events. That person ain't knocking on my door here in San Mateo to be like, oh, I I have an answer for you. Let's figure it out together in this safe space with People who are wanting the same mindset as you of learning and growing. 
I have a comment and a question for you. The comment is maybe something like a caveat to what we talked about earlier, which Mm -hmm. is that speaking for myself, I love men. I have good men in my life. Yes, of course. And it's It's funny that I have to say that, but sometimes I will post something that's very women empowerment, Mm -hmm. comparing our experience to men. And I get vitriolic hate for that. Oh, sorry. This isn't for you, sir. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. So just wanted to to say that because it is true. And I think you and I both have really healthy, wonderful men in our lives. Oh, yeah. And I have one. I got my roommate. (laughs) He points out like my blind spots too. Like we help each other. And if I do make a blanket statement about men and he's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) And I have a son. And it's like, how are you raising a son to be aware of his, you know, life path and like, being aware of your sisters and how it's different and your moms and your dads. And like, there's a lot of nuances to all this that again, we're just trying to figure out all the time. My experiences are my own of how I've worked with men in the past. And I've just learned from those experiences. but it's. Do you feel like starting your business helped you with owning your voice? Yeah, I think starting the business or even just knowing that I was going to do that, my whole mindset changed everything, like almost like betting on yourself. I'm going to take a bet and it's going to be on me. And this is how we're going to ride this thing out. So there is a level of confidence and ego to that. Like women, I don't think women like to say the word ego like ever about themselves, But I do think in business, when you are starting your own business, there has to be a level of ego to it to be like, yes, I can do this. And yes, I am going to do it. And here's how I'm going to do it. I'm only relying now on me. I'm not having to manage anyone at the moment because I'm not big enough yet. I do think that there is just this monumental shift of like working for the company to I'm the company. (laughs) And there is like a lot of power in that shift. There just is like, you have to be ready for it and embracing it and, and delivering, like you have to deliver. And I do think the other thing I'm always been very focused on is like owning my mistakes. I know that I am not perfect. <laughs> that mistakes happen and calling it out right away. Like I messed up. I missed that or I'm doing my best and I didn't get to it today. So sorry. Talk to you tomorrow kind of thing. There's two sides to that coin. Like, yes, I'm amazing and powerful. And yes, I am going to not be perfect. And that's never been a word I've used. That's never the level I want. Perfect. It's kind of both sides of the coin, but it's all, it all ends on me and how I do it. Where did that confidence come from? Were you just so fed up with work the way it was? Or were you finally, no, I actually know things and I can do things. Yeah, I think I had just been in so many meetings of not doing. And that comes with management. I think there was like, oh, you're the great delegator. I'm like, yeah, but there's delegating and managing And letting people do it so they make mistakes and learn from them and being the like net to help support them on it that you probably stopped doing. For me, that's how it was. Like I stopped doing. I was managing. I was overseeing. I was helping. I was supporting. But I wasn't necessarily doing. 
And the big word of always was strategy, 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 strategy. And I got bogged down in strategy. And I think there was this like, well, if you do your own thing, you're going to not be doing much strategy. You're going to be doing. (laughs) In my case, it was time to get back to doing. Like, I know how to do name badges again. And I know how to run reg. I don't need to be in like strategy land, big picture. I could be in the trenches and like executing and putting my mind to use of how to do it better, different. Now it's fun to even be challenged with this AI piece that I just would have been more confined in the big company situation than having so many different clients with so many different needs. You can do a lot more different things. Yeah. And starting a business is a great way to get out of that old box and find what you actually want and create that. I want to get to your magical manifestation abilities. Maybe people who are like, oh, I wish I could do that. Or I'm like feeling the grind real hard right now, or maybe people have gotten laid off. Mm-hmm. How did you actually get your first clients? Well, it is putting yourself out there and saying, I need help. I need clients. I did a lot of talking to friends and vendors ahead of time or during the process to be like, I'm thinking of doing this. It's just so interesting. People's replies are so lovely. I heard a lot of like, I'm proud of you. I still get a lot of, I'm proud of you. And I'm like, gosh, we don't say that to each other enough. Like there's something in like, I am proud of you, like for trying that or doing that. And you're like, oh, thank you. That's so great. It was going back to these communities I've built or relationships I've had and saying like, hey, I'm doing this. I'm going to need help. Or if you think of something, let me know or keep me in mind. And then it's just every day putting yourself out there a little bit, trying something new, the LinkedIn posts. Like I was never like on LinkedIn. Now it's like the holy grail of my life. Like, oh gosh, LinkedIn. I do go to like the trust your gut situation. And this is another funny thing about me. I'm the master manifester. I put my mind to something or I look ahead to something and it generally happens. There's been a long process of this where over time, I'm the person that's like, oh gosh, I'm thinking of this person in my life from high school, college, whatever it is, two days ago. And I reach out to them and I'm like, hey, you were on my mind. Just wanted to say hi. And the person nine times out of 10 is like, I was just thinking of you. Thank you for reaching out. I just had done it and never thought much about it. And, you know, I've been working on myself, working on so many things. And it's like, I need to lean into these thoughts, need to lean into these conversations, need to lean into the the big picture of things of this manifestation of like, in the last year, I'm like, gosh, you know, I have a really big March, but I don't have anything in February. And I'm telling you the next day or like an hour later, I would get an email and be like, Hey, I need something in February. And I'm like, Oh, this is crazy. I've really been working on not worrying about things as much anymore and more focused on manifesting things. So it's like, how is business? Business is great. Like I'm purposeful in my words so that it keeps this good momentum, good thoughts, good everything coming my way so that 
the week that it is quote unquote slow for me, I can focus on, okay, I need something in November or I need help with something. And that person will come to me and just being open to receiving that or putting it out there has really changed my mindset a lot. I actually have a bracelet now that says manifest. I look at it all the time. I'm constantly like thinking of like how to like put good things out there for friends, myself, my business, the kids, whatever it is. So that the more you put out, the more you get. And I'm just a really big believer in that right now. That's one of my big focuses. That's something I've noticed with you a lot in working with you. We've been Mm -hmm. in each other's lives for a number of years now, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. meditation and coaching. Um, and it's been amazing watching your journey. And, but yeah. one of the things that really stands out to me about you is you're always actually putting out good things for other people and yes. thinking about how you can help others, thinking about how you can uplift others, sending good vibes, you know, prayer, yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I don't hear talked about a lot. And sometimes when people think about manifesting, they're sort of, it becomes a very, I need, I need, I need, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm focusing on what I don't have. Yeah. That was my whole, I think I told you, like, I have to use it for good and not evil. Like I can manifest like all red lights or all traffic. Like I can get, I can spiral on it. And I consciously stopped doing that because like, why not focus on all the green lights? Why not focus on, oh my gosh, look, I got parking right here. Oh, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. And it's like, no, I'm going to get there right when I'm supposed to get there. I've really tried to change that mindset, but it always comes from a place of putting it out to others because I really, really believe like good people find each other. I am lucky to work with like great vendors, great clients who are like my friends, even the people I've managed over time. It's like the relationship always is like, it's funny. I'm sure I'll talk to a few of them in the next few months to be like, how was the interview with me? And they're going to be like, you were like, what kind of TV shows do you watch? Like, I want to like connect on this other level. Yeah, you can do the work, but can we get along? Are we aligned on like goodness, kindness, helping each other? Like, that's what I always wanted to build in my communities, my teams, like the safe space to share, to make mistakes and to grow from it. And that's all in my mind, part of this like manifestation that I'm now focused on. And the other thing is like following your gut. Like if you are in this space where you're kind of stuck and you don't know what to do, it's like lean into the uncomfortable because that's probably where you should be. Those are your words, Lisa. I'm not making this up and follow what you think is right. And it's hard. It's hard. It's not easy. But once you kind of shift that mindset, it does get easier. Like I am happy. I am good. This is going to be a great day. I'm going to find the right job for me. I'm going to find the right whatever for me. Parking spot. I mean, own that moment. Yeah. Something we talk about in like subconscious mind, personal development and like in Big Sister is, and that's funny you mentioned that, that quote, the lean into the uncomfortable, because I actually have a post I'm going to put on, uh, on Instagram about that. You know, our minds don't create images of negatives. Like if I tell you, don't think of a blue mermaid are all thinking of a blue mermaid right now. So when I think about, Oh, I hope I'm not late. The mental image is me being late. 
And so I'm like, I'm directing my mind to create that. It's actually, you can think of manifestation as like a woo, woo, woo. Or you can think of it as like, we're literally talking about how your brain works. Yeah. Right. It could be either side, just being in that moment and being like, we're going to be okay. Like why go to worst case scenario every time the bridge is not going to collapse when I drive on it bridge is there. It's going to be okay. Like I'm just more sure of the road I'm on and the positive focus than anything else. It's, it's really important right now because of the world we live in the time we're in the support we all need from each other, the mental health crisis, like, we have to show up for each other to help each other. Everyone is in need of some kind of help. What you can give is what you can give to them. But even yesterday, we were driving someone home from soccer and Lorenzo's like, why do we drive him all the way home? And I'm like, listen, we don't know what's happening to this young man. We need to show up for him. He needs a ride. We are giving him a ride. We are bringing him all the way to his home, not so he walks three blocks away. So that's what we need to do. We need to go all the way with people to help them. We don't know what others are going through, but we know we're okay, we're happy, and we can help. That's like the best way to feel connected and abundant and is to be able to give something. You give and you get. That's how it works. The universe is going to take care of us in some way or form. So why not have it be in kindness? There's this thing in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, called, um, which is the part of my background, which is the work I do. It's called modeling. And we basically take someone and just find out what, what do they believe? What do they think? What do they do every day? And just copy it. Like what does Beyonce do in a day that makes her Beyonce? I think it's different from what I'm doing, right? (laughs) Probably. Maybe. (laughs) I mean, minus the dancing every day. All right. There is, of course, the the raw talent piece, but I I love getting to hear from you, Heidi, and hear you answer these questions because I think listeners and even myself, we can model some of the things that you believe about the universe, about treating other people a certain way, about the work Mm -hmm. ethic and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So thank you for doing that. It's really valuable. If you could go back in time before your adventure began, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, I, I think there's a little bit of like a kindness to yourself. And maybe there would probably be a little bit more pushing back on uncomfortable conversations or I perceived me being treated unfairly by certain people, people I worked for and being like, no. There was probably a lot of down girl comments that I'm like, gosh, I just didn't know that that's not how someone should treat me. And there's a little gentleness, probably a lot of therapy around healing from that. And I will tell you, though, a lot of these bad, quote unquote, bosses or situations I might have had did form me into the manager I was and how I was never going to let that happen to anyone I that worked for me as maybe what I would consider not great. I would use the word terrible sometimes. It didn't mold me into the manager that wouldn't let someone treat the people that work for me like that. I always say, like, I learn more from what not to do, as weird as that sounds, so that uh, no one else would be treated the way I was treated. But I think there was probably a level of like, stop letting them treat you that way, that I just didn't know or own or aware, or like, I thought that was just normal, but I knew it was wrong enough that I wouldn't let other people treat the people or or, or I wouldn't like pay it forward to the people that work for me. 
Like I knew it was that wrong. Like I'm like, I will never do that to someone who works for me. But they've made me into the boss, manager, friend, CEO that I am today. So like, thank you and F you too. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing the realness. I love it. Yeah, right. Thanks, but no thanks. But I was able to be okay from it. Is there anything else you feel called to share with us today? No, I I think I'm really lucky to have someone like you in my life. Your guidance, your programs are very helpful to me. They give me pause to be like, oh, how can I make myself better? So I appreciate that about you. And I would say to anyone listening, if you need help or need something from me, I'm available to the men out there. I support you. To the women, I am here for you. I am all about like women supporting women. I want to help like my business eventually will get to the point where I could train more people to love the event industry. That is one of my biggest focuses as a person, ladies helping ladies. So I'm here for everyone. Amazing. Thank you for your kind words, Heidi. And where can people find you and connect with you more deeply? Yeah, I'm on on the internet. I have my own (laughs) podcast now. It's called On the Bridge. (laughs) I have Instagram, the Bridge Event Academy, and I'm sure Elisa will tag me in some of these amazing posts. I'll repost and I'm here for everyone. Awesome. Yes. Check out the show notes and you will have all the links at your disposal there. Thank you again so much, Heidi, for taking this time with us. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to and supporting the Surrender to Adventure podcast. You can find more content and more opportunities to connect in a safe space community on our Patreon, which is linked in the show notes. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.